Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tiger Take Podcast. I'm your host, William Halliday, with my co-host, Cooper Harrelson. All right, Cooper, uh, let's get into the news that uh, came over just a few days ago with Nick Saban's retirement, breaking by uh, Chris Lowe, uh, college football writer for ESPN. It was a huge story, obviously, surprised us all. But when we found out just yesterday, I believe, what he had to say about his health issues and the stress of calling the defense, defensive plays, took over defensive rips, more defensive responsibilities than he had in the past, it all just kind of swelled up on him and uh, he just decided to retire out of the blue mm-hmm. uh, with no preparation yeah. in general. Um, but that is breaking news, obviously, for this week. And then we had there are other breaking news as well that we'll get into later in the podcast. But that's the big headline, especially as an Auburn as Albert students, uh, as the future will not be the same with Saban mm-hmm. not being there and the wins, definitely. And it will definitely be interesting who they pick as the next head coach. And I wanted to hear your thoughts on the whole just breaking it. Yeah, it. end of an era for sure. Of course, as a kid, you know, growing up as an Auburn fan, I always uh, did not like Nick Saban very much. And just as I've grown, I've my respect for Nick Saban has just only grown as well. Uh, what he's done for the game is just unfathomable and how many SC championships and national titles he's had uh, in the way that he's changed uh, not only the Alabama football program, but the university as well. Um, and just what he's done for uh, the entire game of college football. But it's just interesting how uh, the retirement came out, how the blue was, as you mentioned, according to reports that there, there were Nick Saban. He was talking about, oh, there was going to be a 4 p.m. team meeting, but nobody really knew. Everybody was like, you know, oh, it's first day of school, completely routine. Uh, it ended up not being routine at all. But in an interview yesterday with ESPN, uh, Nick Saban said, oh, last season was difficult for me from just a health standpoint, not necessarily having anything major wrong, but just being able to sustain and do things the way I want to do them, the way I've always done them. Uh, he continued on, just got a little bit harder. Uh, so you have to decide, okay, this is sort of inevitable when you get to my age. So uh, definitely an end of an era for sure. And just uh, kind of a bummer, honestly, with, you know, we'll get into more of this later, but you got Nick Saban retiring, Pete Carroll out at Seahawks. Uh, you got Bill Belichick out of the Patriots. And just all these coaches, end of an era, and really started with Nick Saban on Wednesday. Yeah, speaking of Saban, just like his record and just uh, his history at Alabama, uh, he's been there for about 17 seasons, uh, had a career record of 206 and 29, which is outstanding, along with six national championships and nine SEC championships. That doesn't even need to go along with his career at LSU, where he won a championship there, as well as two SEC championships, um, at, which puts him in a total of seven national championships and 11 SEC championships. And an insane record of the most, I believe, national championships by a college head, football head coach of all time, but he will definitely go down probably as a lot of people will call him the GOAT, college football and coaching. And he is a historic figure in our time, obviously. Just we're going to go back and tell our kids this this guy, <laughs> this guy was crazy at college football and had, yeah. was such a, a great uh, defensive mind and just great at coaching the game and teaching players how to play the right way. Mm. And I think everybody will just remember, obviously, his dominant uh, uh, teams uh, with whether it be with Derrick Henry, with Tua, with uh, just all those great quarterbacks, even on the offensive side, even though he was known for his defense. But like all the great teams that he's had in the 49 first round picks, uh, I believe is the most by any coach in the given era. 
that that he's coached uh, that is just an outstanding number and why multiple players or high school prospects have wanted to go play for him in the past mm-hmm. because he recruits in because he recruits so well and develops his players over time and you can sit you were able to sit there for three years knowing that you were going to be developed and play yep. at a high level and I think that's very important yeah. for uh, Alabama and it will be interesting as I said to see who those uh, coaching candidates are I know Steve Sarkeesian uh, and Lane Kiffin as well as the Oregon coach who said he's not going to go there mm-hmm. uh, I believe Mike Norvell said he's not going to go there that was another <laughs> Another yeah, he signed a contact extension yeah. this morning at Florida State. Yeah, uh, that that's huge. Um, I'm sure Florida State fans are excited about that. Uh, and yeah, so there's it's really honestly, I can see why people don't want to take that job, considering how hard it is, and just I mean, really, they'd go there for money. But I mean, to live up to the legacy of Nick Saban is going to be a tough one, and especially Alabama fans are just going to have to figure out um, as they move on into the direction of a new coach. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, you got anything else to say on Saban? Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting what it's going to look like for Alabama going forward and what's the Iron Bowl going to look like in the future. But, uh, yeah, like you said, big big shoes to fill. Uh, if you look at, you know, go back to the 1960s and 70s when Bear Bryant was coach at Alabama. Uh, he won six national titles from 1961 to 1979. And then after he retired in 1982 – uh, they only won one national title until Nick Saban won his first title in 2009. So that's a span of 30 years where after Bear Bryant retired, they only won one national title before Nick Saban won his first one. So it'll be interesting to see if they can keep it going or if they just kind of plumb it down a little bit, uh, and then we'll see what happens from there. So, uh, But some more breaking news we got to get into. Uh, Coach Carnell Williams, or you may know as Cadillac Williams, uh, he announced last night that he is uh, stepping up, stepping away. Uh, he'll be resigning. He said, after taking time to pray and reflect, I have made the decision to resign from my position with Auburn football to pursue other opportunities. Uh, I love Auburn, the players, and the Auburn fan with all of my heart, but this decision is what is best for me, my wife, and sons. So, yeah, an Auburn man, 3-3, but we'll miss him. Yeah, it, it definitely will be uh, a sad thing just to know that Cadillac is gone, especially our freshman year, you know, when Brian Harson got fired and he was able to uh, kind of become the interim co- head coach for that last bit of the season. He brought a spark and fire to Auburn football, and just a lot of fans were excited about him coaching and just knowing that we have an Auburn alum, uh, someone that we trust and that's been with us in the past just to be able to uh, be on that team that Freeze was uh, – willing to let uh, him still be on the uh, staff is something just to tell about uh, Cadillac's character and just what and know that the Auburn fan base is behind him and everything. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Just it's sad to hear him go. And um, I believe I saw a stat where, I mean, he did a great job as running back coach. He apparently led us this year to like 23rd in rushing yards, mm-hmm. um, was one of the top, obviously, rushing teams in the nation with Jarquez Hunter in the backfield, um, as well just with just running it, rushing attack was always a strong suit in the offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have him to thank for that, especially over the past five years that he's been here through three different staffs. Um, it's just been amazing to see. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he will be missed. Um, we'll definitely see. I mean, him along with just – some other people that have left. I mean, you have the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator that mm-hmm. both 
been ousted uh, from the program, or well, one of them left, but the other one got fired. Uh, and then I believe also the safeties coach is what I heard. Uh, uh, is it the deep defensive back coach? Defensive backs coach, yeah. He is gone as well. So there are going to be a lot of different uh, holes to fill for Hugh Freeze um, and his uh, staff to see what they can get next season to build off of the success that they had in the first season under Freeze. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we'll get to more in just a minute. But breaking news as we speak. Uh, just came in that Washington coach Kalen DeBoer is currently negotiating a contract to become Alabama's next head coach. Really? So uh, that's breaking news that just came in. Um, so we'll see how that turns out. But there's a little coaching update for you there as we were just talking about uh, Alabama's head coaching vacancy uh, just a couple minutes ago. But yeah, that's going to do it for our little first minute just talking about um, all the coaching changes and uh, within Auburn and then as well as uh, around college football. Uh, but now let's talk about Auburn basketball a little bit. Um, a solid win against Texas A&M on Tuesday night. Auburn won by 11. I believe it was 66-55. to 55. Texas A&M was held without a basket for the last nine minutes of the game. Uh, so the defense stepped up huge there. Uh, it was around a two-point game around that nine-minute mark, but A&M was held scoreless with the exception of free throws. But they... We're held without a basket. The defense stepped up. Janai Broom and Katie Johnson both had double-digit points, but the real star was Jalen Williams. He had a 22-point game, a huge game, and uh, a huge turnout uh, from the jungle as well. It was really cool to see uh, the team just really build off of the crowd. And uh, Bruce was asked, like, is this one of the best teams that he's coached? And I think uh, the crowd has definitely played a factor in that. But this is what Bruce had to say in response to that. It's way too early to tell. Um, this has been one of the hardest working teams that I've had. Um, this team is, this team has improved more from the summer to the point we are right now, more than probably any team I've had at Auburn. Um, so we're just in. We're, we're, we're you know, we put ourselves in position. We got we got work to do. Great crowd tonight. Unbelievable. Fantastic to have the students back. Uh, there was this was a record record crowd um, in the history of Neville Arena for our students. A record crowd, so it's uh, you know that's for Texas A&M on a Tuesday night. We're in everything school. That's right, yeah. We're in everything school, uh, as Bruce said. But uh, yeah, it's great turnout on Tuesday night. Yeah, it was a great turnout, and just uh, walking to the stadium, just seeing the line outside of the just the gates was incredible, and it definitely set the atmosphere and just the feeling that it was going to be something like the Alabama game last year, the Kentucky game two years ago. It it was an incredible crowd. I mean, you, you saw the standing room was filled up to levels as well. So it, yeah. they definitely got in as many students as they wanted. And I think it's huge that we have such a great student fan base with the jungle and everything with that. And I definitely think it helped with the win for Auburn. And I think it can really push them forward with this uh, LSU game that's coming up as well. Uh, it will be interesting to see uh, if they can complete back-to-back -back wins and just keep this win streak that they have going. Uh, and keep ascending up in the mm -hmm. uh, AP uh, poll rankings. That will be interesting to see for sure. Uh, and you you touched on just the players that had a good game. Um, I think, you, you, I don't know if you mentioned Katie Johnson, but Katie Johnson was uh, someone that stuck out to me as he just provides that spark off the bench. Uh, he had 14 points uh, in that game. Uh, and then just, I mean, it, it's – 
Dylan Carwell probably, in my opinion, had a, a pretty productive game. Even though he only had six points, he was efficient, uh, especially when uh, Janai Broom wasn't at times, even though he had a decent game. But I think it's it's just noticeable. It just keeps being more noticeable about the depth that Auburn has. It can go up against any team. Uh, just any of the players can be on the court at any time, and that would pay dividends going it forward for the rest of the season. But yeah, that I think we can. That's we can kind of end it there for that game. It was a great game uh, for that, and then we can look for toward uh, the LSU game. If you want to see more of a preview on the LSU game, I just uh, posted an article for the Auburn Plainsman that will uh, go up, I believe, either Saturday morning or the, the tonight, Friday night. Uh, Let's go. When we're, reco- we're recording this, thank you, Cooper. Uh, but that that goes into more depth about the game and what Bruce had to say uh, going the press conference going into that game mm-hmm. about what stands out about LSU, their defense, um, as they're one of the top defenses in the SEC at this moment, and what they can do to prepare for it. But that's all we can t- we'll talk about for this game. Let's go ahead and get into our triple threat segment, Cooper, uh, and you go ahead and talk about your hockey segment. Yeah, here's your hockey update of the week. Uh, the Washington Capitals, they are currently 19-14-6. Uh, uh, it's 19 wins, 14 losses, and 6 losses in overtime or the shootout. Uh, the Caps are coming off of a 4-1 to loss versus Seattle last night. Unfortunately, uh, they couldn't pull it out. But the good news uh, coming into that game was uh, TJ Oshie, one of our forwards, came back after not playing since December, uh, December 17th, I believe, with an injury. Uh, and going into the game, both Alex Ovechkin and Tom Wilson were game-time decisions. Alex Ovechkin did play, but Tom Wilson did not with a broken nose. So... Um, <laughs> But we'll see. Hopefully, Tom Wilson gets back into action soon. Uh, following up on the matchups I talked about last week, uh, they were playing Carolina. They unfortunately dropped that matchup 6-2, but did get a win this past Sunday against the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, John Carlson, one of our defensemen, got a goal with one minute left in the game. So uh, just being um, those last-minute goals are always definitely fun. Um, it's about as fun to celebrate for sure. Uh, but next up, the Caps got the Rangers uh, in a little marquee matchup, uh, 12 p.m. on ABC tomorrow, uh, Saturday on ABC. So, yeah, just keep this brief, but uh, there's your hockey update of the week. All right, thank you, Cooper. Uh, I'll go ahead and get into my basketball update. Uh, I'll talk some college hoops real quick and then uh, give you a little basketball uh, NBA update uh, from me. Uh, in college basketball this week, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday were big nights. Um, considering that in that 24-hour span, uh, four of the top five teams in the AP poll lost that night to unranked teams. Uh, first was Purdue. The number one team in the country was Zach Heady. Uh, he They lost 88-72. to Then you followed by Houston losing to Iowa State 57-53 with not as great of an offensive performance. Uh, next night was number three, Kansas, uh, lost to UCF 65-60. to And then... It, Tennessee losing to Mississippi State in a hard-fought battle towards the end that came down to a one-possession game, 77-72. to That was just a big night, as it you can just show that on any given night, anybody can win and be the top-five team. It just shows the nature of college basketball and how multiple good teams in this in uh, college basketball there are and just across these Power Five conferences as well. And it, it it'll just come tournament time, it'll be exciting because anybody can go down. It doesn't matter if you're ranked number one or in it ranks number 200 yeah. or something, 100, mm-hmm. 100 or something in the Kim Palmer or whatever rankings. 
there are, but it uh, it's interesting as well because now it, the rankings will shake will shake up a bit, and uh, who will be number one and who will stay there, who will drop. Uh, all of these are going to be questions for AP voters coming next week, but there's going to be some games on Saturday that will also define that as well. But that's the college basketball update. A quick update on the, in the NBA: we had some unfortunate news of Ja Morant ending his season due to uh, sorry Willie yeah. torn labrum. Yeah, thank you, Cooper. Uh, <laughs> thanks for that sentiment. Yep. Uh, but. That was uh, tough just as a Grizzlies fan just to hear that as well as just Marcus Smart apparently going down in the next game for six weeks. But Grizzlies season's lost. It's okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but next season will be interesting and as far as what they will do with the trade uh, at the trade deadline and, and able to prepare for next season, be able to uh, build towards their future in hopes of getting a national ch- or getting an NBA championship uh, back to Memphis and Beale Street. But that's my uh, basketball update. Uh, let's go ahead and head to the NFL. And let's kind of just touch on Bill Belichick's retirement. Mm-hmm. Cooper, uh, that was big along with Nick Saban. And I believe Pete Carroll, the Seahawks. Yeah, Pete Carroll as well. But what I was going to say was, uh, who who did you say uh, replaced uh, Bill Belichick? We just found out uh, today, I believe. Yeah, so Jared Mayo uh, is going to be the new Patriots head coach. So it's their linebackers coach. It was just announced this morning that Jeremiah will be uh, the new head coach of the New England Patriots. Uh, that was a quick turnaround, too, because it was just yesterday, uh, on Thursday, that Bill Belichick would be parting ways with the Patriots, but on good t- good terms. So definitely an end of an era there with growing up watching uh, the Patriots. I mean, I'm obviously not a Patriots fan, uh, but whenever I would see them play, I'm just used to seeing Tom Brady uh, and Bill Belichick, which obviously Tom Brady left a few years ago. And now Bill Belichick as well. So uh, definitely a new era starting in New England. Um, and then Pete Carroll also with the Seahawks uh, parting ways as well. Uh, but wanted to follow up a little bit on the matchups we talked about last week heading to the playoff picture. Uh, the playoffs start tomorrow. And so I talked about the Texans and the Colts. They were in a win or go home game. And the Texans ended up winning that game by four. I think it was 23 to 19. Uh, and so that was a game fighting for a playoff spot. However, the Jacksonville Jaguars also lost on Sunday, which meant that the Colts and Texans, that game pretty much became a division championship game, which means they have a home playoff game as well. It's not just a playoff spot, but the home playoff game as well. Uh, so the Texans ended up getting in the Steelers and the Buffalo Bills, both teams in jeopardy of getting the playoffs. Jacksonville lost, and so both of those teams got in just from Jacksonville losing. First games uh, tomorrow will be the Browns and the Texans and the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Uh, Crazy story coming out of Kansas City. It's supposed to be one of the coldest games uh, in NFL history. Uh, It's going to be an 8 p.m. Eastern time kickoff, and the forecast is currently minus 1 degrees Fahrenheit with a minus 23 degrees wind chill. So, yes, it'll be... It'll be the seventh playoff game in NFL history to be played in zero-degree temperatures or below. That's uh, chilly. So, <laughs> That's very just, chilly. Just a little chilly. Yeah. Um, but as a result, ticket prices are dropping significantly. Uh, just as of this morning, uh, you can find ticket prices as low as $42, which is kind of insane for an air, a playoff game in Airhead, but also understandable with how cold it's going to be. out. If I were to say I want... I'd probably want to watch it in the comfort of my own home. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, 
uh, kind of a crazy story coming off there. But uh, also want to touch on uh, the Atlanta Falcons. I know I talked about them yesterday with several listeners being Falcon fans. You all probably know by now uh, that they did not make the playoffs. Uh, and so instead, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ended up winning. And so that alerted both the Falcons and the Saints. Um, so that's really just what to keep an eye on. But uh, now I think that's a good time to transition to our final segment, uh, which is kind of our game pick. So uh, we're going to rapid fire a little bit here. But first game, we got the Cleveland Browns and the Houston Texans. Okay, for the for that this game, I'm going to pick the Houston Texans. Uh, I think good pick. Yeah, good, good pick. pick. Yeah, <laughs> uh, CJ Stroud is just having a terrific season in rookie year, and I think he keeps it going against the Browns, who only really have J- Joe Flacco involved. And I think Joe Flacco, as great as he is, I I just am going to go with the younger, mobile CJ Stroud. Uh, good choice. I got the Texans as well. I think a lot of people are sleeping on us, but we'll see what happens. I think you know a couple of weeks ago, Joe Flacco played out of his mind against us. Uh, that's like three weeks ago is the third week uh, before the regular season ended, and they ended up winning by two scores. However, the Texans did not have our offensive weapons like C.J. Stroud and Nico Collins. It's going to be interesting to see how that turns out, but I think it's going to be a very close and entertaining game regardless. Yeah. Uh, next game is going to be that cold game we talked about. is the Dolphins and the Chiefs, and that game is going to be the Peacock exclusive game on Saturday night. Uh, I should mention uh, before we go to that, the Browns and the Texans, that's going to be 3.30 on Saturday, uh, which is tomorrow as of this recording. Uh, it's going to be 3.30 p.m. Central on NBC. And then the Dolphins and the Chiefs, that's going to be 7 o'clock, and that'll be on Peacock. One more thing I do want to mention is that Roger Goodell is a commissioner of the NFL. Him putting the Chiefs game on Peacock, like making all the Swifties pay for Peacock, <laughs> that is a power move. Very, very <laughs> so, <laughs> but we'll see how that turns out. All jokes aside, who do you got? Yeah, for this game, I've got uh, Kansas City. I just think that Miami, uh, with what you said about the weather, I think Miami's going to come into this one because they're down in Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. Get used to that, you know, warm weather. Uh, they're not going to be ready for this game where Kansas City has played in this kind of environment. Maybe not as cold, but still cold enough to where I think they're going to be ready for it. And Pat, Patty Mahomes. It, and yeah. Travis Kelsey, that duo is going to outshine Tyreek Hill and uh, Tua in this yeah. one. Initially, I was going to th- I was thinking the Dolphins might win just because of how inconsistent Kansas City has been throughout the year uh, with Patrick Mahomes. The, Dol- the Dolphins but lost the, the Dolphins too. And exactly, great either. So, so it's, it's really a toss up if you could. But I think it is. The, and I, but yeah, what you said about the what we said about the weather earlier, I think the Chiefs have the advantage in this one. The Swifties are going to in the home happy. field. Home field. Yeah, home, home field. Yeah, so I think the Chiefs are going to come out on, the, on this one. Uh, it might be a close game, too, but I, don't, I also don't expect the offensive powerhouse with uh, the weather. But the Swifties will come out happy on Saturday night, and I think the Chiefs are going to move on. Uh, next game, we got the Steelers and the Bills. That's going to be 12 o'clock Central on CBS on Sunday. All right, I've got the Bills in this one. I think uh, Josh Allen, uh, Stephon Diggs, and company are just playing well since uh, that kind of mid-season like slump a little bit mm-hmm. uh they've been playing well and uh pushing towards a playoff spot i think i'm i'm gonna pick them over mason rudolph mm-hmm. and the steelers especially with mike tomlin just i mean it's great great to see that mike tomlin's back to the playoffs considering he's like well because the top winning co- it is consistently winning mm-hmm. and is back in the playoffs and even when there was some uncertainty about his job maybe pull it out and uh keep it but mm-hmm. we'll see what happens but i i like to i i believe in the buffalo bills in this one Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think 
But the Bills at home, uh, I think, you know, it's a, I th- it's impossible to go against Buffalo. Uh, they're on a five-game winning streak. They're at home. Uh, Josh Allen's going to pop off, I think. Yeah, it's going to be a great, uh, great game for Buffalo. Uh, next game we got, it's a Packers and the Cowboys. Uh, it'll be 3.30 on Sunday. Okay, Packers and Cowboys. I'm going to pick the Cowboys mainly because uh, they've been there, done that. Uh, Jordan Love is rookie, or, well, not rookie, but well, kind of because he's getting his kind of first start or just like first full season as a starter. And just I think Dallas has been there. They've proved it all season that they can win, uh, even having some tough games as well that they've won. Uh, but I got the Cowboys in this one. I agree. Cowboys at home. Um, you know, they've been largely success- successful there at AT&T Stadium. I got uh, the Cowboys win this one. Uh, final game on Sunday. Uh, it's going to be 715 uh, on NBC, I believe. And it will be the Rams and the Lions. Yes, it will be on NBC at 715 Central. The Rams and the Lions. Who do you got? I'm going to pick I'm gonna pick the Lions in this one. Jared Goff. Uh, is having a terrific season, just the line offense in general. Uh, Matthew Stafford will be – it will be interesting to see him go against his former team in this playoff matchup uh, and what he can do, him and Aaron Donald. Uh, but I, I've got the Detroit Lions as they've looked good all season. I got the Lions too. I think, you know, with Dan Campbell and what happened a couple weeks ago with the Cowboys and Lions matchup, um, I think, you know, Dan Campbell is going to have his boys fired up. Uh, I think the Lions come out big in this one. Uh, last game of the entire weekend, uh, we got the Eagles and the Bucks, and that'll be seven fifteen. It will be the Monday night game on ESPN and ABC. All right, I got the Bucks in this one, which is a bit of a, a rash decision. Maybe. Okay, uh, but that's just because the Eagles have not looked good towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't really know what happened. It's considering that they got to like probably like a ten and one start or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just have not looked good recently. Uh, and I am just going to roll with the Bucks and uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, I'm going to – I disagree. I'm going to go with the Eagles, but I don't think it's going to be a pretty game either. Uh, you got the Eagles, who have had not great uh, losses over the past couple weeks, uh, and then you got the Bucks, who only won against the worst team in the NFL, 9-0. to zero. Yeah. Um, So I think, you know, the Bucks do have the home field advantage at the same time. Uh, I don't think the Bucks would be in the playoffs if they weren't in the NFC South. I do want to say, so, though, um, something that the Eagles have that the Bucks don't have is the tush push. That's true. <laughs> that is a very yes. useful weapon. So yes. that will be uh, something to look to, uh, and if they can convert this more than one uh, place. Yeah. So I got the the Eagles on top of this one. But other than that, that kind of ri- wraps up the, uh, the game picks and really our podcast. Um, that's all we got for today. Uh, Want to wrap this up, William? Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, say our socials and where we can follow, where uh, the audience can follow us. Uh, Coop, which, where, what are your socials? Where can the people follow you? Uh, the people can follow me uh, on Twitter or the X platform uh, at Cooper Harrelson. That's also my Instagram username as well. How about you, William? How can the people find you? Well, they can find me here on this podcast. Uh, and then as well, uh, you can find my writings at the Auburn Plainsman. Uh, dot com. That's where uh, a lot of my basketball previews will be and just other articles that I'll write throughout the year, mm-hmm. school season. Uh, and then you can also follow my Instagram if you want to. I don't really care if you do. <laughs> uh, it's WLDay45 uh, on Instagram. But, yeah, that kind of wraps it up for us. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, for me, I'm William. And I'm Cooper. And uh, War Eagle. Yeah, War Eagle.